Hello dear friends, welcome to ZenPod once again. I have with me Jacqueline Shaw in the studios today. Jacqueline has over 16 years of experience in the global fashion industry, living and working in four countries over four continents. She has worked for brands and retailers such as Puma, C&A, Fila, Russell Athletic, Animal and Wilson. A professional fashion designer, Jacqueline Birch, Africa Fashion Guide, the only sourcing consultancy and information-based platform for African fashion as a tool to educate, inform and retune the perceptions of Africa's fashion and textile industry, a vehicle she sees for trade and development. Jacqueline is the author of the coffee book Fashion Africa and the business book Fashion Cannot Be Made in Africa, an international public speaker, a university fashion lecturer, an African fashion business coach, a sourcing consultant and an industry researcher Jacqueline, who is a master's degree holder in ethical fashion and a master's in social research, is known for being an expert and most proudly an ambassador in the ethical fashion landscape for Africa. Jacqueline has delivered talks at elite venues such as the House of Lords in London, the London Eye, European Commission Brussels, Fashion Institute of Technology NYC, Who's Next Paris and a panel moderate at the UK Africa Investment Pre-Summit Manufacturing Panel to name a few. She actively campaigns for a more responsible way of doing fashion business and doing it well in Africa. Jacqueline has built up her name and is recognized internationally as a public speaker. As an African fashion business coach with past clients that include Linea Pell, Miroglio, Brighton Museum for Fashion Cities Africa Exhibition, Prospero World and British Council for their Enterprise Africa Summit, she uses her expertise to bring life African fashion-led projects. Jacqueline, with her unique tools and strategies, specializes in creating sustainable solutions that help new and existing fashion businesses successfully navigate the sourcing and manufacturing landscape of Africa's fashion and textile industry. Jacqueline believes Africa is a fashion's future and has used her African fashion t-shirt campaign using fair trade organic African cotton tees made in Africa by Africans to spread this message on the catwalks of London Fashion Week to Ghana all the way to Los Angeles. Jacqueline is unapologetically a champion for fashion in Africa and her work and reputation not only precedes her but represents her enthusiasm and high belief in this. Jacqueline aims to set up businesses, to build trade, contribute to Africa's GDP and impact thousands of African lives using the vehicle of fashion. Jacqueline through African Fashion Guide has now launched programs including Fashion Africa Conference, Fashion Africa Voices, Fashion Africa Business Academy, Fashion Africa Trade Expo and Fashion Africa Sourcing Trips. With this, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Jacqueline Shaw to our studios. Today we have somebody very colorful, uh, very eclectic, somebody who's the last word, if I may say, in fashion and has been doing a lot of work uh, along with mentoring and guiding uh, startups and uh, uh, the fashion um, mentees. Uh, Jacqueline, welcome to the show. We have Miss Jacqueline Shaw. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you. All right. Um, let me start with my trademark question to you, Jacqueline. Spirituality, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? It means connection with God. It means understanding who I am. It means um, knowing that I'm here for a purpose and for a reason. And um, for me as a, as a Christian, that's been defined by, by God, um, who defines who I am and, and my purpose in life. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, African fashion guide, if I may call you that, tell us about the evolution of Jacqueline and tell us your story. <laughs> yes, I'm British born, um, a designer by trade. I've worked in fashion for many, many moons, <laughs> nearly, nearly 20 years. And I've, um, I've lived in China, in Shanghai, actually, and um, also in, in, in Istanbul, in Turkey, and in Dusseldorf, in uh, oh. Germany, as well as here in the UK, of course, where I'm born and, and, and bred. And I've had a career working for um, retailers, designers, brands mm -hmm. in those countries. And it's been an amazing experience, amazing career. I've traveled to various countries. I've worked on amazing products, mostly sportswear, swimwear, casual wear. Okay. Okay. And um, during that time, um, during my time working at Puma, which was one of the brands I worked for as well as CNA, for those in Europe who know CNA, um, I decided that I wanted to go back to school. <laughs> I guess we get wow. to that point in our career. Wow. After getting um, a bit of time um, employed and a bit of time working in the field, and I want to go into the next level. Right. And I, I did a master's in ethical fashion. And you, you know why? I, wow. I kept seeing things. I kept seeing things, hearing things, reading things. And I always had this interest in sustainability and doing things the right way, doing things responsibly. Mm -hmm. um, and some would say, what is the right way? And I'll just say, well, you consider the people, the planet, as well as your profit. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at, I, I recall that even back when I did my, my first degree, which was just a general fashion degree, when I finished that in 2001, during my degree, I had done a project which was based on the ozone layer. <laughs> oh. Do you remember that big discussion we had back in the day where everyone was talking yes. about the ozone layer yes. and the whole, yes. um, now it's a whole different discussion. Global warming has expanded right. into so much stuff. Um, so I remember doing a project back then, um, looking at the ozone layer, looking at the problems with the planet and what we can do better, the materials that we use, using hemp, using organics. But I never really saw it as ethical fashion or eco fashion or circular fashion or any of these terms we talk about now. I just saw it as a way of doing things more responsibly, more thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Little did I know that 10 years, well, yeah, 10 years after that, I would do an yep. ethical fashion master's and that that masters would begin my journey into Africa's textile industry. Um, so I, I, I was interested in Africa from a personal perspective, mm -hmm. looking at my own heritage, looking at um, the culture and, um, you know, where uh, my family, though they're from Jamaica, just looking back to where, you know, Jamaican people originated from, right. linking that back to Africa and deciding to go and travel to the continent or the motherland and um, learning a bit more about African culture, African history and fell in love with the textiles, didn't I? Mm. So I decided to put all of that interest together into my research um, in my degree, my ethical fashion degree, and just by... Yeah, it just happened to be that I launched this company, Africa Fashion Guide, mm -hmm. which explored the full supply chain of Africa's fashion and textile industry with a focus on sustainability. And now I do so much more with that whole business. It's just evolved over 10 years. And um, I'm glad I did it because it's been really needed, really, really needed in the industry. So I'm glad that I started it. 
Awesome. I, I, I must confess, I did not know there was a master's degree in ethical fashion till I heard, <laughs> till I read about you. Oh, yeah. You know, what? it was 10 years ago, there mm-hmm. wasn't any. Right, it, um, right. People may have just explored the concept, but there wasn't any kind of way to study it unless you were doing um, like environmentalism or something right. like that as a degree. But um, it was created. There was the first university, the first course, first mm-hmm. university to do that. Then the London College of Fashion also did one mm-hmm. and about the year after. And now most courses in fashion, they have a sustainability um, a module or a degree. So... It's, it's, it's good to be part of that journey at the beginning of, of the explosion yeah. of yeah. ethical fashion studies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, mm. You have, Jacqueline, spent over two decades, and if I may say, pretty successful too. Uh, obviously, oh, you. obviously, it's not been a bed of roses. Uh, so you <laughs> must have faced challenges. Would you like to share some with the listeners and how did you overcome them? Um, challenges within my career... Um, yeah, fashion is fashion is a great career. Okay. It's a great career because you can be creative. Yes. You can get to yes. travel. Um, you can get <laughs> to learn about new cultures. You know, you can work with amazing teams. Because you know, as a designer, I didn't just work with clothing designers. I worked with footwear designers and different accessories and the production teams, etc. So I learned a lot about the industry. So that's been great. But the, the challenges within it has been um, growth in the, in, in the industry. Um, sometimes it can be a bit of a, a challenge to, to make it further um, in the industry. It, it is cutthroat. It is tough. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's all those things. And you have to really know what you want. And so sustainability for me was an exploration that I kind of fell into um, by chance. Um, after working in, it for, in fashion for 10 years, then I decided, yes, to go do that master's because I was talking about it all the time. You have mentioned, I know that you've said fashion is an industry that actually takes a lot more than it gives. Can you enlighten us, please? Um, yes, most definitely. Um, it, it is an industry that does that. It's built, that's the, that's the model of fashion, is that it takes um, more than it gives in some ways. Because when you think about it, it's, um, fashion is built on textiles. Right. Textiles originally are coming from the ground, they're coming from the earth, though it's cotton or um, um, cellulosic fabrics like right. lyocyte and cells, et cetera. Right. And bamboos, um, they're coming from the from the planet, then those are being their crops that are being made, they're being sourced to be processed into fabrics or woven or knitted into textiles. And then they're upgraded, so to speak, into clothing and then resold. So it's built on a model of what can we take in order to make something else. But that's the model of the industry. It's, it's right. just trade. That's how it's built. And it makes a lot of money. It's worth, the whole industry is worth um, over $2 billion, $2 trillion, sorry, dollars wow. um, globally. So it's, 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 it's a big industry. It's worth a lot. And, but it is built on what it can take from the planet. But now we are seeing that there are new things that, that the fashion industry is doing, the textile technology, there's a lot of um, new methods in place so that it doesn't have so much waste. So you've got a lot of 3D printing um, of, of products in fashion now. 
So that kind of helps in some ways to, to uh, alleviate the waste issue. Oh. And then you've got, yeah, that's a big one. And then you've got new textiles that are coming to the forefront, which are um, recycled plastics or um, new new textiles from sources that aren't overly used so far or things that have been processed from, from, from other plastics that are made into new textiles. Or mm. There's just so many new things at the moment, from seaweed to mushroom leathers to... Wow. Gosh, cactus, leather. There's so many new things at the moment. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Wow. Sustainability has been your key in the industry. And I, and I know you have always believed in it, at least after you did your master's and all of that. Can you share a couple of examples with the listeners, please, Takhi? Um, examples of... Your, your experience and... and have you used sustainability? Are people doing it in the industry and things like those? Yeah. Um, yes, it's, it's something that is, is growing and growing and growing. We're seeing um, big campaigns about it, of like who 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 made my clothes, which was done by Fashion Revolution. Okay. And um, that was connected to the Rana Plaza factory collapse um, um, in Bangladesh in yes. twenty. 13, 14, um, 13, sorry, and then they um, launched the Fashion Revolution campaign the year after. Um, So there's a group who I've collaborated with as well at events. And I think it's, you know, this is really highlighting that there's there's a broken system in fashion and textiles is one thing. The people management is another thing. So there, there's many campaigns going at the moment. There's more like universities are doing courses now. Um, there's people um, people source. There's new methods around that um, coming out. But yeah, from the way the new textiles that are being made, like I mentioned, to um, responsible sourcing and production to waste management. Um, there's various new methods out at the moment that is changing up the system. And I think even the idea of how many fashion shows we're having each year, I mean, this year has really switched up things um, with lots of store closures and so forth. Well, companies looking at how they can do things differently. Correct. You know, they're bringing things online so they don't have to have big fashion yeah. shows like we used to have. Right. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. One- one question away from the topic before I, before I ask a very important question. Um, uh, what, is, what is inner consciousness to you, Jackie? Inner consciousness, I don't know. It's not really a term I use, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> it's not really a term I use. As, as mentioned before, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. Yes. And anything um, spiritual, I really relate back to relationship with God. Awesome. Um, Yes, yeah, that's for me. That that that's really key in, in everything I do is is having an awareness of right. of who I am, my purpose in life, right. and how that relates to what I'm doing. So, um, for me, if if you want to describe inner consciousness, I would say it's it's about relationship with God and understanding of 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 who you are in Him. Um, yeah, that's how I describe it. Brilliant. Uh, the crux of, of our discussion now, the next question. Uh, you have been a champion for women, especially in Africa. Uh, Jacqueline, please uh, spend the next few minutes telling us about it. It is so important, I believe. 
Yeah, when we look at the fashion industry in general, it's an industry for the production side of it. It's an industry that is that is built on um, lots of women doing production manufacturing. They're the ones at the machines. They're the ones weaving the baskets. They're the ones maybe weaving cloths, um, printing, embroidery, all of these things. It's a lot of women in the industry. And yeah. women kind of are the, the head of the household. They're, they can be many, many other breadwinners. They're the ones going to work, bringing in money to, to send the children to school right. to support the families. So recognizing this, you know, for me, it's important um, when working with people in Africa that I also work with women initiatives um, that will support um, women. There's an initiative um, in Kenya, a manufacturing unit who have an initiative that, that create um, sanitary towels for girls because okay. that's, there's an issue that we don't always recognize is, um, yes, girls have menstrual cycles. We know that happens. Right. But in these particular countries where the girls are in areas where it's, they may be in villages or in regions which are far from the main cities and towns, you know, they may not have access to, to these things. So this uh, manufacturing unit, they have um, an initiative which creates um, from, the, from their waste materials, from the, their fashion production product, products, they will have waste materials and they make sanitary towels for the girls um, nice. to be able to wear. Um, and then they also have a sewing academy. They can also get some work when they finish school. So it's encouraging them to not have to leave school because they have their monthly right. uh, menstrual um, period. They can stay in school, get their education, and mm-hmm. they can also have an opportunity to get work after. Wow. That that's is- what I love. That is so impactful, Jacqueline. That is so impactful. And, and uh, yeah, so, so you know, uh, who has been your inspiration, Jacqueline, all of this? This is so impactful. I can't tell you. Yeah, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I can't. There's, there's so many people that have inspired yeah. me. I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, my faith, God, God Almighty, is a major inspiration leads me in what in all that I do um and then when it comes to the industry there's there's many many women who I see I found especially working in African fashion there's many women who are doing things on the ground um like I don't know they might think like <laughs> I might forget some others and it won't be fair but there's many women a lot of these factories these setups are run by women and they inspire me. They may be European women, as in, like, I'm a European woman and born right, in the UK. Right. I may have moved to Africa or set things up from the UK and then have teams Africa. And right. they are creating jobs. They are working with local skills and supporting them um, in, in doing, what, in, in, in doing um, business, enterprise. All of this, this is what really inspires me because it tells me that... Um, there's people who care enough to create something that may not be the norm for them in their country, but they do because of what they believe in. And then on top of that, there are the women in those countries who are setting up their own business. I was speaking today with one of my supplier partners who's, who does batik, so textile printing, okay. hand book printing. Yes. 25 years she's done that, wow. and that's in Ghana. And um, she sets up her unit as a women's owned women don't unit and she only employs women 
from the local village there and that that chief in in Ghana. That inspires me as somebody who they don't sit down and say, oh, you know, I don't have a job and I'm just going to leave it. They get up and they make something happen. And I'm here in this so-called first world country of England and I'm saying there's no there's no excuse. If somebody in 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 Ghana can get up and run this business for 25 years, mm-hmm. knowing that there's no government support, no government finance financial support if you're sick or if there's um, like the pandemic, that yeah. they can still that they can still have their own thing that they've developed from scratch. I love that. I absolutely love that. That entrepreneurism is inspiring. Beautiful. So true. And I'm, I'm listening, listening and, you know, we take so many things for granted and we are truly privileged and, uh, and, and yeah, these are, these are inspirational women. Sure. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You, you've been, you, we spoke about your challenges briefly and you've been going, what gives you hope every day to continue persevering your uh, dream, uh, Jacqueline? What gives me hope is when I connect a, manufacturer, supplier or artisan in African countries with a buyer and they are exporting their products and bringing trade. I truly believe that, I believe in trade in Africa and I believe that you can, to see change in Africa, that trade is a tool and fashion is a vehicle to do that. So when I know that I can connect, be the bridge between two people who are going to build business, that's going to bring trade and change for me that that means that means that's meaningful that's meaningful and it makes me realize that yes i need to keep doing this this is what i'm born for this is what i enjoy doing and it's again i go back to purpose what has been your life defining moment um (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a, um, is it Mark Twain? Yes. Said there's, there's a famous saying, isn't there, that there's two, um, two important moments in your life. One is um, finding out the reason why you are here. Yeah. So there's a quote by Mark Twain, and it, it really it helps. It's like a defining moment in your life, and it, it's like finding out why you are here. And I think that, I agree with that as being the defining moment of your life. It's not just that that you exist, but it's knowing why you exist. That really defines it because you can just keep going and just living your life and have a happy life and then die. But to understand that you have a purpose and that you are here for a reason, that you're part of something greater, that for me defines life and it's a turning point for me. It's when I became, decided to become a Christian, I, the decisions I made after that were built up in what is, what am I part of? I'm part of a bigger initiative. I'm part of a bigger reason. I'm part of a bigger purpose. It's about the kingdom of God. And so for me, that was um, defining because it's like, this is, I always talk to people about seeing things. It's not just from an eat, not just from the, the, the perspective of, of like a chicken who only can see, it doesn't really fly very high. They can only see things from the ground perspective. But when you think of things like an eagle, you're looking at it from a bigger perspective. You're seeing the, the greater purpose in life, the greater vision. And for me, that's, that's part of it. When you, when you see like an eagle, you realize, wow, 
I'm part of something bigger than I thought. It's not just about my life. It's about those I connect, the, those I'm with, the children that I have, the person that I'll marry, um, and the purpose that God has given me. So that, becoming a Christian, learn, understanding why I was here, defined what I do. And that's why the Africa thing was not a decision. It, it happened because it's, it's meant for me. It was meant for me to be doing this. Wow. Very nice. Ethical fashion. Uh, do, you, do you see more and more brands uh, making this more and more prominent and doing more than just lip service? Yeah, this is a tricky one. Because you have the brands who are doing it because it's kind of you have to. Before it was, you just had to have a CSR policy, right, corporate right. social responsibility policy, um, and that once that's done, that's there right next to your privacy policy, terms and conditions, all that is fine. We've got illegal stuff out of the way. Right, right. Now it's like people are consumers are more savvy. They want to know who made my clothes. They want to know where's it coming from. They want to know is there child labour. They want to have all these questions answered. So they want transparency. So companies are there's two there's two fences one is one is one one company is on the fence of we just need to do it because it looks good and people are requesting it and right. they call that greenwashing yes so they'll put a few little organic cotton pieces out there because it sounds good and you know they show a little bit about the people that's made the products and they show some happy happy people faces and then there's the other group who are like this is going to cost us more but mm-hmm. we're going to do it. We are decided, we have made a decision and we're going to do it the right way because we believe in this and we recognise that again because people are more savvy mm-hmm. and they have questions that we need to be responsible and take the initiative. So there's that group. Um, the second group seems to be more the smaller brands, but you have the, like the um, Ella Mac- uh, MacArthur Foundation, the work that, you know, that, that, that she does is really focused on... Um, doing things the right way and making it something as part of the bigger initiative of her work. Mm-hmm. So she's very invested in, in and the foundation's very invested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just got the smaller brands who are, who, who can do, it's not easy if you're a smaller brand because you can start from scratch and do it yeah. in a small scale. Yeah. When you're already set up like the big conglomerates, right. then it's more work to do, but it's, there's still the two fences, the two kind of, um, positions of the two different brands true true a little bit to your personal side your favorite book Jacqueline and what why and why did you like it or what did you like about it (laughs) I liked um I was a bit of a bookworm back in the day I used to like things like um the lion the witch and the wardrobe that was one of my favorite books taking it back now I really really love that because um, being in another environment and the idea of traveling through the unexplored and the possibilities and you know, having these extra gifts that you never had on the normal world. But when you go through the wardrobe, you have these, <laughs> these extra gifts. So that, that book was just for me as a creative and thinking outside of the box that encouraged me to think outside of the box, literally outside of the the wardrobe I guess and then um, another book that defined me in business was um, 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 Rich Dad Poor Dad um, oh, yeah. book by Alexander yeah. yeah 
Yeah, and that one really just got me started on that as well as who moved my cheese. Yes. Um, those two together both got me started on thinking about um, about business. Just like, no, I've been thinking about this whole stuff wrong and, oh, my gosh, <laughs> there's a whole world out there and I've completely missed it. And that's kind of where my kind of entrepreneurial journey began. Um, I've kind of always been doing entrepreneurial work, but having the understanding, the financial literacy and the importance of that, that's when it really kick-started like yeah you're going to be a businesswoman you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to work towards being a millionaire <laughs> so that was um yeah key books key key books really really wow yeah yeah who 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 moved my jesus such a simple book and then you read it and yeah. you, how come it never occurred to me <laughs> Yeah, was it whole and her or he or something? The names of the mice. It was really, really good, simple book, but really good book. Absolutely. Yeah. What What has been your eureka moment when you felt on top of the world? It's hard to say. I've had so many little moments of my yeah. life where, oh gosh, I can't focus on one. We might have to skip this question because <laughs> okay. I can't. They go come back to in the moment. Okay. 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 Uh, what legacy would you like to leave behind, Jacqueline? Yes, um, a legacy I'd like to leave behind. Now, the reason I'm going to say this is because I remember um, when I started my business, I'm going to come to the legacy. When I started my business, I had one of my first clients was an Italian um, organization, a charity, Italian charity. And with, that, with them, I went to Togo in West Africa and I went to a girls school and I was teaching them about um, fashion, ethical fashion mm-hmm. um, and African fashion. Now, when I went to the school, I remember the girls, they were very surprised when I came because they heard this name, Jacqueline Shaw, mm-hmm. um, coming from England. And so they assumed that I was a white, a white British woman. Right. And when they saw me, they were like, oh, wow, we thought you were a white lady, but you're black just like us. And that nearly made me cry. It got me quite welled up because I realised I've been doing all this stuff, this this degree, my fashion course, and all everything was focused around what I wanted to do and everything. But when I realised, wow, these are 15-year-old girls, they're seeing somebody from the UK who looks like them. They weren't expecting that. And they really love what I teach because I look like who they might want to be in regards to the career and doing fashion and everything. And it wasn't somebody who was different. They thought they could never achieve things. They felt now they could achieve things. And with my business, I think it's important for me that it can show people that there is opportunity for you, that it's not something that's far away, that is achievable. I want to leave a legacy that young women can can be inspired by another woman who hasn't grown up with a silver spoon in her mouth, who is a normal person and who has just been determined to make something happen, to build something, regardless of the odds, regardless of the negativities, regardless of those who don't understand or those who have tried to bring her down. But I'm somebody who has gone 
above and beyond because I believe in this and I want other young women to feel that you can do this. Yes. Keep going regardless of other things. And that's the legacy I want to I want to leave is for other young women who look like me or I look like um, to feel that yes, they can, regardless of their situation or their location, they can achieve great things and greater than what I do. Because what I'm doing is, you know, they can do much greater. That is so nice. That is so nice to hear, Jacqueline. Really nice. Thank you. Really, really. Uh, when you are done with all this one day, uh, what would you like to be doing? <laughs> well, funny thing, apart from living on an island, which I've always <laughs> I want to live on an island. <laughs> I love islands. I don't know why. I, just, I love water and I love islands. So nice. That's like my aspirational dream, I guess. But um, I used to be, back in the day, I used to have, do bridal wear. I used to make bright wedding dresses. Wow. And so I, did, I was, you know, I, I sewed. I was, I, I was a seamstress, tailor, whatever title you'd like to give me. I, I did that. And I just thought, you know what? I would like to um, maybe have a bridal shop. Because actually, I loved, I loved doing it. But I just, it was just a lot of work. But wouldn't it be nice to have, own a bridal shop? So when I'm in my 60s, just to manage a bridal shop. <laughs> because, you know, it's always happy moments, isn't it? Yes. If someone's getting married, they're always coming in happy, <laughs> excited. Yeah. I agree. So to be part of somebody's excited, happy moment. So for me, that's like, why not? Why would I? That's, that's a great thing to be doing later in life. Awesome. Awesome. Very, <laughs> very beautiful. So nice. Uh, you, you, people will be tuning in and a lot of people are listening to this show. What's your advice, Jacqueline, to women who are either aspiring to get into fashion or who want to be a Jacqueline one day? What would, you, what would be your messages to them or what would you say to them? I would say be honest about um, doing it if it's really something you want to do. Ask yourself, do you have a strong back? <laughs> to stand up against the challenges that will come and ask yourself what's your what's your purpose um knowing knowing your purpose um, is really going to um define this for you because when the difficult times come which it does when you do enterprise or business that thing is going to drive you forward so if you've got a big enough why it's going to drive you forward mm-hmm. and always have um mentors like i've got mentors that i've worked with um business coaches I have a, a gentleman um that I've worked with for um for many years who he worked with fashion industries he's in his 80s David Jones is his name wow and I met him at um, the Portobello Business Centre and he always comes to my events um he's an older man he's worked in industry for 40 50 60 years a long time wow. and he's worked with big designers in the UK and He's always encouraging me, and you need people like that who are straight. They know the industry, and they encourage you. So always have people in your life who know the industry you're getting into and who can also be um, very honest, open, and supportive. Beautiful. Um, I would like to get into a rapid fire with you before uh, we, we ask the last question. So you can answer them short. You can answer them long. It's the choices. Okay. All right. Okay. So fashion is? Creativity at its best. Wow. That's nice. Ethical fashion is? Responsible choice of what you wear. 
Beautiful. Africa is? The future. Beautiful. Beautiful. I am so impressed with this answer. <laughs> Your purpose, Jacqueline. To impact lives on the ground in Africa and to create legacy and to be a soldier in the kingdom of God. Very nice. Very nice. When you are, and, and this, is, uh, this is completely uh, and, and, uh, the last question. If, when, when you are walking down the road in, in Ghana or in one of the African countries, uh, let's mm. say 10 years from now, um, what would you like people to call out to you or who would you like to bump into? Oh, nice one. I would like to bump into an artisan or supplier who I worked with today and who through my business, they were able to build a family empire because I connected them with, um, I, I, I created a bridge for them to connect with um, investors, buyers, traders who are able to positively impact their business on a grand scale. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad uh, you answered exactly what I had in mind. This is wonderful. Jacqueline, it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's really been a pleasure having you with us. I, I wish we could Thank speak. You. I, I wish we could speak more about the work you've done for women. And I, I'm, I'm positive that I'm going to bring you back and talk about uh, the, the amount of work you've done and the, and the championing you've done. And you have, I'm sure you do, but people across the world uh, also realize the impact it can have uh, on lives. And, and, and like they say, if you help a woman, you probably help a village, right? Uh, exactly. This is so wonderful. So really want to thank you for all the good work you're doing. Thank you for coming and sharing some of your learnings and your experiences with the listeners uh, so that they don't, they don't have to make the same mistakes, uh, you know, and, uh, and I hope uh, you will be a mentor, mentor to many people one day, Jacqueline. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, yes. oh, thank Very you. It's been my absolute pleasure. I appreciate Very interesting questions too. So it's been, it's been really, really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you.